So if you have your scriptures, we're going to be in the gospel of Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And what's happened before we get to our scripture is that John the Baptist has prepared the way. There has been the baptism of Jesus, the temptation of Jesus. He's been calling his first disciples. He's been healing, and now we get to Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. This is what God's word says. And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. And said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. <laughs> he didn't listen. We don't listen. Why would we think he would? But he went out and began to talk freely about it. And to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places. And people were coming to him from every quarter. Like I said, this morning I want to talk about new life. If, if this man's testimony has taught us nothing else, it teaches us that Jesus offers new life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're also going to talk about how Jesus exchanges our burdens for his blessings. Jesus exchanges our burdens for his blessings. Blessings. We don't have to think hard about our burdens. We don't have to think about what burdens our souls, what burdens our minds, what burdens our hearts, or even the illnesses that burden our bodies. Burdens have a tendency to come natural to us. They certainly have a great way of distracting us or robbing us of sleep. We don't need to spend time wondering what is going to be my burden today. We don't look in the mirror and go, man, I'm really excited about to see what's going to burden my soul today. I'm, this is going to be great. I can't wait. You see, our burdens often take shape in the form of a schedule that's too busy, a situation that's too complicated, or a sin that is too deeply rooted in us. Whatever our burdens are, we can be certain that we don't need to be reminded of them. However, we need to be reminded of the blessings that Jesus carries. I mean, Jesus' presence himself is a blessing, is it not? We can talk about the blessing of the cross. We can talk about the blessing of the empty tomb. We can talk about the blessing of redemption and restoration we can talk about the blessing of unconditional love, undeserved grace, or the blessing of new life in Christ. 
We certainly don't need to be reminded of our burdens, but we consistently need to be reminded of the blessings through Christ. Jesus blesses through transformation, which is what I want to dive into today here in our scripture. There are three transformations that happen in this man's life that I really want us to dive into this morning. The first transformation that happens is the presence of Jesus transforms our identity. The presence of Jesus transforms our identity. Let's go back to scripture, verse 40, right at the beginning. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. For those of us that don't know, leprosy was a skin disease. It was actually a series of skin diseases that would infect the human body. And in the ancient world, it was said to be extremely contagious. And here's the thing. If you're interested in learning more about the diagnosing uh, or how to spot the certain spots, uh, maybe a pre-dinner devotional, uh, Leviticus 13 uh, and 14, really good spot to start. So, you know, parents, just open up those scriptures, teach them kids about spots. That'll be awesome. Uh, maybe right before, maybe after dinner would be a good, good spot to do that. Leviticus 13 and 14 really acts like a medical journal for priests that was handed down from the Lord to Moses to give to the priests to help identify, diagnose leprosy. And then chapter 14 is really, really in the rare cases about how to go through the ceremonial cleansing of the leper. Leviticus 13, 45 through 46 even tells the priest how to relocate the person with leprosy and give specific instructions for their exile. I said exile. Lepers were required by law to wear torn clothes. Let their hair hang loose, cover their upper lip. Now we're starting to understand a little bit more with those masks on. <laughs> and cry out when someone approaches them, unclean, unclean. Don't come any closer, I'm, I'm unclean. And they were labeled unclean until the disease leaves their body, which was rare. There was no cure or medical opportunity for that to be the case. And they are forced to live alone outside the city walls in the wilderness. And I thought our context would find this interesting, all right? This is, these next two things are just interesting. I don't know that they add a lot here, but it's just interesting for our context, okay? Several Bible commentaries cited that if a leper was approaching someone, they had to stay six feet away. I'm not making this up. Like, I mean, the NIV commentary is, is really good. Six feet away, this is true. And on a day with a strong wind, here you go, you might not believe this. On a day with a strong wind, lepers were required to move even further away from the city into further isolation and loneliness. And I think it's important to note that Leviticus 13 spells out the process of diagnosing, not for the sake of treatment for the individual, but for the safety of the community. But see, what Jesus does in our scripture this morning is he flips that around. He doesn't care about what's happening in the community around him. When this man approaches him, he looks at the individual first. And this man has broken every rule applied to him as a leper just to chase after Jesus. 
I mean, he's inside the city walls, and unless it was a day of worship, he was not allowed to be inside the city walls. And in worship, in case you're wondering, they had a separate little room where all the lepers could gather together. They might have had some really powerful sanitizing sprayers back then. I don't know. They had their own little room that they could worship in privately, and then they had to go back to being in lonely places. See, he's, he's inside the city walls. He's not keeping his distance, and he does not announce his presence as unclean as he approaches Jesus. He does all this not to be a rule breaker, but to find freedom from this physical burden, to find freedom in Jesus. Did you catch that we don't even know this guy's name? In the three gospels that this story is recorded, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, nobody tells us his name. Luke's gospel actually says that he is full of leprosy. We don't even know his name. But we know him by his condition. Can you imagine that for a few moments? People only knowing us by our illness, by our condition, or by our sin. If whenever you come near to someone, you have to yell, unclean, unclean. You start to identify yourself not as Justin, but as someone that is unclean. This is where your burden starts to become your identity. And instead of unclean, we might announce ourselves as anger, controlling, judgmental, hypocrite. Imagine for a few moments that our burdens are what we are known for. Nobody knows your name, but they know your illness. He comes imploring, asking, begging, and pleading with Jesus to heal him. He kneels before Jesus in the posture of submission and worship and speaks confidently in Jesus' restorative work. He says, if you will, you can make me clean. He places his burdened life before the Lord. He places his condition and his identity before the Lord looking for redemption and restoration. He has been suffering with these burdens and the only place where he feels like his life can be transformed is in the presence of Jesus. I think we tend to look for transformation in the presence of people, places, and situations. I think we look to be transformed by things that are smaller than Jesus. We might look to our jobs or our kids to transform our identity a little bit. We might look to our possessions to provide comfort. We might even look to our church to deliver relief. But are we spending time in the presence of Jesus? The presence of Jesus alone transforms our identity. The presence of Jesus provides ultimate comfort. The presence of Jesus is the presence of our deliverer. Our burdens belong at the feet of Jesus because that's where our identity can be transformed from unclean to redeemed. This is the presence of Jesus. 
The second transformation that happens in our scriptures through the next two verses, verses 41 through 42, let's read those again. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. See, this is the power of Jesus transforms our lives. Just as the presence of Jesus transforms our identity, the power of Jesus transforms our lives. Jesus had compassion and pity for this man, so he stretches out his hand, touches him, and then speaks these words to him, I will be clean. And immediately he was clean. Surely you've noticed this by now, but Jesus touches the leper. He, he touches him before he speaks healing to his body. He touches this man and then says, I will be clean. Clearly Jesus could have spoken healing to this man and could have done that only and he would have been fine. I mean, we have examples of this all through the Gospels. John chapter 4 is where my mind ran. John chapter 4, the, this, this Roman official approaches Jesus, says, my son is very ill. I need you to come and heal him. Jesus says, okay, okay, I, I'll, I'll come that way. It, it'll be all right. He's like, no, he's very sick. I need you to come now. Jesus says these words to him, go, your son will live. The official makes the 20-mile journey back to his town. He talks with his servants, and his servants said, your son is, is, is recovering. So they start to tell him the, the time that he was starting to feel better. And, Jesus, and, and this official goes, that's exactly when Jesus spoke words of healing to him. So Jesus clearly could have spoken healing to this man. He could have simply spoken words to him, but Jesus touches him. Why? See, we don't know the details of this man's physical attributes, but we know the details of his condition. And because of what we know about leprosy, we know that this disease is not the only ailment this man is suffering from. You see, he's also suffering from isolation and loneliness. Because remember, he's out in the wilderness. He was cast out of society for the preservation of the community. He's not only dealing with the physical trials of this disease, but also the emotional and social wounds that go along with leprosy. To this man, this, this leper, this outcast, Jesus offers a life-giving touch and life-changing words. He offers a life-giving touch and life-changing words. Jesus spends this moment not only healing this man's physical needs, but he spends time healing his emotional and social needs as well. Jesus' touch was way more significant than we think it is. His touch was an invitation to feel again. This would have been the first time a clean person would have reached out and touched him since he was diagnosed with leprosy. And when Jesus touches this man, this would have been an act that would have labeled Jesus as unclean as well. But instead of receiving the condition of leprosy, Jesus begins the 
healing process of loneliness and isolation by inviting him into community. One of my favorite things as a dad is when we're walking through a store and my youngest, who's five, going to be six really soon, she'll come up and just grab my hand for no reason. We're not, hey, hurry up, let's go. Like, we're not doing any of that. She just quietly comes up, holds my hand, and I have to believe it's because she just wants to know we're going together. She wants to know that we are stepping forward together, and I have to believe that's what Jesus is doing here through this touch. He's telling this man, we're going to go forward together. Jesus' life-giving touch communicates that he is no longer walking alone. He's no longer an outcast. He no longer needs to live in isolation, alone in the wilderness, but that he can start to feel like a part of the community again. Immediately, this man's life is made new. Immediately, he can go to the priest and be start, start the process of the ceremonial cleansing that will redeem him in society Immediately, Jesus takes this man's broken and burdened life and transforms and changes it from isolation to community, from pushed out to invited back in. But Jesus' touch was just the beginning because then Jesus offers life-changing words. Four words change this man's life. I will be clean. When Jesus speaks these words to him, his life changes instantly. Verse 42 says, immediately the leprosy left him. And immediately he was made clean. The life-changing words from Jesus offers a fresh start for the man formerly known as the leper. His residence is no longer in the wilderness. His disease is no longer a dividing line. His condition is no longer his identity. Because of the power of Jesus, this man's life was transformed into new life. Scripture shows us that Jesus' words can resist temptation, can calm a storm, and feed thousands. But some of the most influential and important work of Jesus' words is when his words change our lives. I think a lot of the time we search for change in the wrong places. And certainly I'm not talking about like searching for change in your couch cushions. I think we search for change in just the wrong places. I think we search for meaning and significance in the wrong places. When we search for life change outside of Jesus, we end up getting situational change. Sure, we end up getting getting circumstantial change. We end up getting temporary change. But we don't get long-lasting, authentic life change. Why? Because life change comes only from the one who conquered the cross and the grave in the same weekend. Life change only comes from the one who leaves the 99 to chase after the one. Life change only comes from the one who replaces our burdens with his blessings. The blessing of new life and new identity is what Jesus gives this man in our scripture today. 
this is also what he offers to us. See this, the blessing of leaving behind who we used to be. The blessing of Jesus allowing us to be imperfect and made new all at the same time. This is the power of Jesus. There's a third transformation that happens in our scripture this morning. It's found in the remaining verses, 43 through 45. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. See, the promise of Jesus exchanges his condition for ours. The promise of Jesus exchanges his condition for ours. Jesus sternly tells him to go to the priest, participate in the ceremonial cleansing process that Moses had commanded for them, and he tells him to keep quiet about it. I love what Mark Moore writes about this in his commentary called The Life of Christ. He gives two reasons why Jesus would have given him this stern warning One, Jesus didn't want the man to be denied his chances of being declared clean because of his association with Jesus. You see, tensions had started to rise between Jesus and the religious hierarchy. So Jesus wanted to eliminate his name from the man's reference list. Which is funny because in three short years, it's because of our association with Jesus that we become clean. Two, Jesus wants to remain with the crowd. He wants to remain with people. He wants to remain in town. But the crowd is swelling around him. I mean, how could you not, how could you not blame that, right? I mean, the man becomes changed by Jesus. And then he's told to go away quietly. No, there's no way. Because life change spurs up inside of us an excitement. Something has happened to me. I'm different because of that man over there. Look, my spots are gone. I came in, I was unclean. I left his presence and now I'm clean. He has to tell this story. Even with Jesus' stern warning. And so Jesus needs to retreat to desolate places. You see, what Jesus does here is the most important transformation of all. What Jesus does here is he exchanges his position in the community for the leper's position in isolation. Do you remember this? The leper had to come from the wilderness, from a place that's outside of town where he's by himself. He has to break all the rules and take that first step and then the second and then the fourth and the hundredth into town. He has this interaction with Jesus. His life has changed and he can go forward, but Jesus... Well, Jesus can't stay there anymore, so he changes places and heads out to the wilderness. Jesus takes the leper's place so the leper can have his. 
Jesus exchanges his position of acceptance for the leper's position of isolation. This is a precursor to what Jesus is going to do for everyone on the cross. This is what Jesus does for us. He takes our place. He takes our cross. He takes our sin. He takes our burdens. He takes our identity. He takes our condition. And he nails them to the cross. Also that we may be transformed. This whole story of redemption and restoration, this whole testimony of redemption and restoration happens because the leper takes the first step. See, I think what we need to be reminded of is that we need to bring our burdens to Jesus. We need to plead with Jesus and we need to trust in Jesus by saying the same prayer he did. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Maybe today this is your prayer. Maybe today that's the simple prayer you take home with you. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Maybe for you this week you need to spend some significant time in the presence of Jesus because your identity has become wrapped up in your condition, not in your Savior. Maybe this week you need to be reminded that life change is not based on an event that you attended, but it's based on the time you attend in Scripture with Jesus. Life change is not a one and done situation, but an everyday commitment to live a transformed life because of his words to us. No matter what we resonate with today in this testimony of this man, there's two questions that I want us to reflect on this week. One, Am I willing to break out of the mold that I am in in order to chase after Jesus? Am I willing to break out of the mold that I am in in order to chase after Jesus? What does it mean to chase after Jesus? It means to seek Jesus in every situation, every opportunity, and every moment of the day. This means changing your mindset, changing your actions, changing your thoughts, all so that we can chase after the transformed life that Jesus calls us to. Am I willing to break out of the mold that I am in in order to chase after Jesus? The second question, am I willing to leave the old behind to embrace the new? Am I willing to leave the old behind in order to chase the new? In order to embrace the new life that Jesus has for us? Am I willing to let go of my old self in order to see the new life that Jesus has for me? Now, here's, here's, here's the thing. I, I know what you guys are asking. If I'm going to break out of something old, if I'm going to be committing to something new, I have to make sure that the new is worth it. I have to make sure that the new life is worth it. Well, if nothing else, this man's testimony teaches us two things. 
This man's testimony, the man formerly known as the leper, his testimony teaches us two things about new life in Jesus. And then you get to decide if you think it's worth it. One, we've already talked about it. Jesus offers us a new identity. A new identity. I'm not talking about a new passport so you can fly international. I'm talking about a new identity. A place where nothing in the wilderness exists for my heart anymore. A place where my sin and my darkness and my ugliness and my struggle stays and I get to be made new. Who doesn't want that? A new identity, not because of who I am. The leper brings nothing special to Jesus. He doesn't come all clean and fancied up. He comes in his most disgusting garb ever. He comes as someone who is cast out of society because of the way he looks. He brings nothing to the table and Jesus gives him everything. And he starts with a new identity because he's no longer known by his condition, but he's known by his Savior. So is it worth it? Have a new identity? Yes. And there's more. I feel like the end of an infomercial. And there's more. No. Jesus offers us a new community too. He offers us a community outside of isolation because I think, I think we've gotten used to that place. We start to think that, man, isolation is the way to go. I don't have to share my struggle with anybody else because I can live out there by myself. We get comfortable in the wilderness. We get comfortable thinking that's the only way to live. And then Jesus comes and touches to invite us back in to a community that we were ostracized from. So the question for us this morning that we all have to answer individually You can't answer this for your kids. You can't answer this for your spouse. You can't answer this for for anybody else in this room except yourself. Am I willing? We have to ask the question, am I willing? Each and every day we have to ask the question, am I willing? Because here's what happens when we are willing. Here's what happens when we step out of the wilderness, when we step out of isolation and we start making those first steps. Here's what happens. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. If we're willing, That's the journey that Jesus invites us on. Jesus is reaching for us. He's reaching for you because he exchanges burdens, which we all carry with us. Whether we pull them behind us in a suitcase or we hang on to them on our backs, we carry burdens with us. Jesus exchanges those burdens for his blessings. We don't need to be reminded of our burdens, but we need to be reminded of his blessings. Jesus is calling us out of a life of isolated wilderness where we are consumed by the burdens that we carry alone. 
And he's calling us into a new community, into a new identity, and he's calling us to live a redeemed and new life. Y'all, this testimony right here is one example. And if you've known Jesus, you are a living example of what life change does. You are a living example of what new life looks like. You are an example from the taking the steps out of the wilderness and into his light. But the question remains, am I willing? 